this next guest here on with us making his second trip back on with the boys he played 453 games in the show with six teams played some hockey overseas let's welcome back to the show rob's favorite dad rocket maple leafs alumni our buddy todd warner todd how's it going man Rob, I appreciate that, buddy. I don't know if that's <laughs> true in my house, but thanks. Well, you had the hair flow and everything last time. Now you got it all contained. Well, I was on the man. ice earlier with my toque on, so you didn't need to see that. So That's funny. <laughs> Good to be well, with you, boys. So what's up, man? Long, long time, no, no see on the show here. Too long. Yeah, well, I've been busy. I mean, I, you guys know I I, um, I was co- helping coach the Lancers last time we talked, so I I, I – well, I got offered another job is what happened. I, I miss coaching the team. I do. Um, but a friend of mine was running a program in Toronto. So I've been down, I've been making trips to Toronto on the weekends to do skill development stuff with kids. And so I really like it, but, but, uh, freed up a little bit of time to watch some of my, my own kids things, you know, school sports and dance and all the other stuff with the girls. So it's been kind of nice. And so now I'm not back in Toronto till january 6th so i have like a huge break and so we're just waiting for my oldest daughter to get home from ottawa she's doing exams today and and then we'll settle in for a nice little holiday beauty nice are you you constantly commuting up there or do you got a place up there or what what, what? well so my buddy is the he he's the director of hockey is his title with the lee side so it's like a i don't know if you know guys know lee side in toronto nice little area kind of between you know, downtown in Scarborough in the uh, Northeast, South of the 401. So he, he grew up playing there and had got tapped for this job. And so he needed guys to run some of the programs. And so he mentioned it to me in the summer, you know, the Lancers, we were planning that, you know, big humanitarian trip out to BC. And so I was sort of wavering on it, but um, I stay with him. So his wife and my wife are best friends. And so it's been nice too, because we've been able to spend some weekends down there. I'll do a Friday night. And I usually, the only real thing I do consistently is Saturdays from noon till six o'clock uh, on the lease side rink. So, and then he wraps a couple or three hours around that some, some other either Sunday morning or Friday nights. And so, yeah, it's been nice. And uh, you know, we have our weeks kind of to ourselves again, where we can kind of, you know, usher kids around and do all the things we need to be doing. Cause when I was coaching the Lancers, I, I loved it, but it was, you know, practices were between four and six thirty, kind of, randomly all week right so i missed a lot of uh a lot of my kids stuff so mm-hmm. so hammer was pissed i i left but i i, I t- you know i stopped a couple weeks ago and, and saw the team i watched them play in toronto there a few weeks ago too and so it's uh it was nice to be back and see the team they're doing really well so i'm, I'm, I'm proud of them mm-hmm. well he had he had everybody bail on him you and paley eh? Bail, yeah well yeah i mean the truth is now, like I felt, you know, I felt bad about it, but he's got lots of help. Like he's got, so Andrew Donaldson, I don't know if you guys remember, you know, Andrew, but he's, he helped uh, with Cal McCarrick when he coached the B team and he came on board a couple years ago. He's really real bright guy. Loves to, loves the, the video side of it. She's been great for me. Um, and then Brett, uh, Brett Belmore. So Brett, you know, he's only 30, late thirties. He played, you know, 12 or 14 years of professional hockey. So he, and he's a defenseman. So he, he's got lots of help. And that was part of the reason I felt comfortable to, to step away from it. So we left on good terms. So, we, you know, we had a meeting just like this with the guys and, and uh, you know, I, 
said my piece and we, and we went about, I, I don't think I've closed any doors to maybe come back at some point down the road. I hope not. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you, when you're grinding away, you know, doing hockey schools with, you know, six, eight, 10 year old kids and uh, you miss the times on the bench with guys like that, you know, that are so elite and, uh, you know, it's basically pro hockey, you know, and, right. and these kids are balancing, um, the, you know, the hockey side with the, you know, tough programs and, and things academically too. So I admire the kids and it was fun to coach them and I, I do miss it, but I hope that at some point down the road, uh, maybe I can slide back in there. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Rob and I, we had you dialed in. We thought you were going to the spits. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Like we, we had you in. I was like, made the call. I was like, could Warner be the next head coach of the spits? Like before. Well, Park I mean, went I- in, right. To be fair, I did talk to Billy because I know there was a period of time there where they they were sort of because when Trevor Latowski left, mm-hmm. and I said, "Are you looking for a coach?" I'd be interested, kind of thing, and that's as far as it went. But I did I did talk to Andy Delmore about it, and um, yeah, I, I feel like yeah, that's something I'd love to do, having been a spit. But you know, when he had a chance to get Mark Savard fresh from a you know, an NHL bench, that's a kind of a no brainer. He's done a great job. So, you know, I like Trevor. Um, I played with Trevor in Vancouver. So we're, we're buddies. And so I think he did an awesome job. It was nice as a, as a broadcaster to get to go down and just sort of talk with the guys and learn a few things about what they're doing and what to look for, um, in the games as a color guy. So yeah, at some point down the road, um, I, I I'd love to do that. I don't, I don't know how that's going to come available at this point. So, I mean, some of the guys that are around there have been um, around for a long time, do a great job. And, but I do, you know, know Billy going way back to our time playing together. Right. So, so we'll see. I mean, it's a, it's an odd jump from the booth to, to the bench. Right. But, um, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, it would be a huge thrill for me to get to do that. I, I obviously, I, I love the team. I had a great experience as a player. So that's part of the reason I'm back in the booth and helping out. Uh, so we'll, we'll see, but I'm, I, I liked coaching the college level. If at some point down the road, um, you know, uh, a job like that comes available again, or I can slide back in with the Lancers. I'd, I'd love the chance to do it. Yeah. Well, we'll have to get Billy to check out this interview. So you just plugged yourself. Yeah. Rob, but we weren't far off though. No, because I, I figured they would talk to him because you were really loved in Windsor. And, uh, you know, like like you said, you got to play with those guys. That, that kind of been bringing the team back together a little bit, I thought. Well, I mean, it didn't get to the point, to be honest, like it didn't even get to the point of an interview. I mean, the, the, to, like, I mean, if let's see a couple of chats with Billy as long as we've been, we've been talking, but, you know, I never uh, formally was, you know, interviewed for the job I've, I've never been formally interviewed for a coaching job to be fair so that's something i'll have to get my resume tight and get be ready for that at some point but look <laughs> I, you, I, um... i'm happy what i'm happy what i'm doing like my wife and i feel like we're lucky because we've got you know freed up all this time we get to spend uh you know the odd weekend with our friends down in, in toronto and we've been to a couple games and you know kind of just uh at this point in our life um you know get some time back to spend with our kids and they're you know all well, my, my youngest is 10, but we, the rest are teenagers and, and one of them's away already. Right. So it's like starting to be that time in our life where we want to get some time back for ourselves too. Right. You know, so it's uh, yeah, we'll see. I love coaching. I, I mean, I, I didn't know when I, when I took over, like when I helped the Lancers took the job, but I didn't know 
like I knew Kevin and, I, and we had a history together and I would run into to coach Hamlin um, just in the rinks coaching minor hockey. He was coaching his son, Ray, and, and I was uh, helping with my son, Sam. So we would just see each other in passing at, you know, you know, in Elgin or in Windsor or in Chatham. And, and so we just kind of stayed in touch and, and then he was looking for a guy and I, that's how it happened. I, I wasn't, I didn't think I was really ready. You know, like to be honest, like I, I'd only coached minor hockey, I coached a little junior C and mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, you know, and so then I'm coaching, of course I'm coaching the D, which uh, I'd never done. And so I had a pretty short learning curve there. I had to get my act together. And so I, I, I learned as much as I could. I went to some seminars. I, I talked to as many coaches as I, as I knew and could, including Trevor Towski and tried to pick their brains and just learn some things. But, you know, ultimately, like, I think, in the time I was there, I mean, what you, you know, I was so preoccupied with, you know, having, having video and being able to like, you know, have specific, uh, you know, D drills or things that were, you know, relative and new and, and what you, you know, what you learn is it's, you know, like so many, like so many things, it's just, it's, just, it's about relationships. It's about like, how do you interact with the, the, the players? And, and what I, what I learned as a, as a forward, coaching D was, you know, I would say to the guys, Hey, if I was playing against you and you did that, here's why it's a bad idea. Or here's, here's a better option. Like I, 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 I would present the forward side of the, mm-hmm. the argument and try to do my, my teaching that way. Like, it, so it really, I, I just sort of tapered back all the things I thought I needed to learn sort of just narrowed down, like what was important that particular day. <laughs> and, uh, and just try to, you know, deal with all the, all the things that are coming at you. So it was, it was just dealing with people and relationships, trying to get the most. And we're all, we're all pulling on the, you know, on the same rope, trying to get to the same thing. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it, if, when they understand that and you're in their court, then I think everything else goes easier, you know? So that's what I learned. Yeah. Would you ever consider going back to maybe coaching junior B possibly. Uh, I know you're involved with Chatham years ago. Chatham McMax, you played for them in '89. So, would you ever want to coach maybe at the junior B level? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I don't want to rule anything out. I, I uh, you know, we're going to be here for the the immediate future. My my, you know, my thing in Toronto was going to, I think, you know, morph into like a mentorship program with some of the current coaches that are there and the ones I ones I see regularly and. Um, we'll do spring league. We'll have a summer hockey camp and all, all at these sides. So I, I feel like, you know, I have, and it's with people I, I like and, and enjoy. So if something were to come, I don't want to, I don't want to say no, but um, you know, I'm going to the, the blades practice tonight. To help with, That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> help with some of the, yeah. Some of the special team stuff. So I, I I'll always help. Like I, I it's just like, sometimes I watch and you guys know now that I've, this is what I honestly said to the junior kids the other day. I'm like, you know, boys, like I, I coached at this level. I played here. Um, you know, I want to see you do well, but I also have been lucky enough to, you know, coach at a higher level and, and sort of, you know, understand some of the new trends or whatever in the game. And, and I think I can help you help you get better. And so I just, you know, I have trouble sometimes just sitting on the sidelines watching, especially when your kids involved, you know, so I, yeah, I'll always help. If, if something were to come, I, I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't turn it down. I would see, I'd see about that, but, um, you know, I, I sort of have an allegiance at this point to the OUA and that, and that level, um, you know, mm. with Kevin and the favor he did me, I mean, at some point, if, uh, 
if that uh, if there was an opening and I could get back in, I would probably choose that first, obviously. But um, knowing the league and the and the recruitment and all the sort of ins and outs of it now, so we'll we'll see. But I, I'm, I'll always coach whether it's kids or skill development or whatever it may be. But I'm happy doing what I'm what I'm doing now. So we'll see. Right on. Good for you. It is awesome though, like the way you're talking about like coaching the defense and, and coming at you as a forward perspective, you know, yeah. like I listened to uh, the rink shrinks and it was like Mike motto talking to a forward about, <laughs> yeah. you know, as soon as I get you to cross over, I got you. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go around this side while you're going that way. And you know what I mean? Like, it, it well, very, sometimes very yeah, interesting concept. Yeah. I think, you know, that's just sort of how I see it. Like everybody has their own sort of approach. Like I would say, you know, just, uh, you know, with the D at that level, you know, time and space and a lot of the things you, you see on TV in terms of like, um, you know, defending and, and D getting in the rush, you know, involving the D in their offense, just being, you know, mobile and, and, and um, you know, involved in the offense is a big part of what we try to teach all the time. So, you know, but then there's, that's just the best analogy I can give sometimes to a player is like, Hey, you know, like I saw what you did, or like, I'm just, and I'm just thinking as a forward, if you were to do that to me, that I want you to do that, or I don't want you to do this. Like when I found it hard when they, when a defenseman, you know, took away my time here or, or pushed me to the outside, whatever it may be. So it just, it was just my way of better relating to the position because I don't really know it. Right. So, so, so I just would right. sort of picture, picture myself on the ice in that scenario and what, what, what would be comfortable or uncomfortable. And that's how I try to try to help them. But yeah, yeah, I just, you know, and what you learn with the D is, you know, you're, you're kind of in your own little world down there at that end. Right. So when you're coaching at that level, you have, you know, you have your pairings, you have matchups you're looking to get, you have, you know, their top line, face-offs here, offensive zone, defensive zone, you want to get certain players on the ice, right? And and then, you know, you, you have sort of this, you know, that's another thing I learned was you have this sort of elaborate, you know, scheme where your top pair has got to take this, you know, take these, be on the ice for these draws or we're, we're looking to match lines and get this pairing. And then, but you're also dealing with, you know, guys that are tired and and they've played too much or they're they're having a tough night they're fighting the puck there's there's a whole other body language and and relationship that happens during a game some some guys um you know are just you know they're just game guys you can't not play them they're they're just hungry and they bring everybody into the the fight and you you can't ignore them when they're at the door and there's other guys that go missing for periods and so there's a whole other you know um teaching and and you know scenarios that come up when you're at the bench door itself and so i've learned that too it's like you have this idea of what you'd like to do and that can get thrown out the window real real quick in a game as things start to unfold so yeah that that's part of it i think that you know that relating as a forward was something that the kids i think uh understood too because you know I was honest with them. I said, boys, I, I've, I've never played a game of D. I mean, uh, so I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm going to come at you as a forward and what I liked and didn't like. And if that helps, I hope it does. So that was, that was just kind of my own way of trying to, you know, relate better to the position. So, and you know what, that perspective is going to be invaluable to them for the rest of their life because they know you're coming from experience from the highest level. 
you're mm. playing against the best defenseman and if you can turn them inside out and they got to learn how now to match themselves up against a player of a lot less right well so it's it's, uh, some, it's definitely helpful some, yeah in some cases i mean that the players i mean the player the game's changed a lot especially from the d perspective i, I feel like you know guys back in my time it was glassing out you never use the middle of the ice you know that the the idea of having two guys in the rush you know two defensemen coming off the top of the blue line in the offensive zone uh, was rare so some of the new you know trends to kind of extend offensive time and all the things that that everybody's doing at our level or higher um, are new so I I just yeah, I had, I had a fair bit to learn. I say that like with coach Hamlin, he doesn't miss much. Like he's, he's, uh, he's really thorough. Like he, he covers a, a lot of stuff in, in a, you know, in a training camp, he'll go through systems and have like uh, slideshows and uh, presentations on all the different sort of scenario uh, scenarios in the, within the game. And he's, he's as, you know, as tapped into the, you know, coaching fraternity at higher levels as I, as I've been around. So I, we learned a lot, like we would li- literally speaker phone pro coaches in the, in the, in the dressing room, if we were confused about something and, and sort it out right away. So he, he, he helped me a lot in that, in that regard. Cause I was honest with him too. I'm like, I, you know, I've never coached D and I never, and you coached me. I never played any. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he was, and so we would call, you know, coaches at higher levels and just talk through some of that but again it's it's just people boys you gotta you gotta manage personalities and you know guys having a good night guys having a bad night um, their guys are are in or out or on or off and then you, you're just you know managing time and minutes and, and uh, fatigue too or it's all happening at, at, at live so there's a bit of that adjustment for me too there yeah <laughs> I thought you, Gary Volk, and Bill Berg were all, always playing catch up. <laughs> Volk and Bill Berg, yeah, always playing catch up with Birdsy, right? trying to <laughs> trying to get out there. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, so you're doing a lot of the alumni stuff this year, right? Because I know you played well, in a bunch of different games. I've played in a few. Yeah, we, we went up north and we played in a couple of games up north, um, and then we were in the Amherstburg game. And I played one more. Mil- yeah, there is. They're just. They're just more on the <laughs> schedule now that things are starting to starting to open up. Yeah. Right. So it's. it's been- <laughs> See, he caught that. <laughs> I knew. I fucking knew it was you. I knew it was you. I didn't hear what you said. I was like, nice hook, about? by the way, because <laughs> so this play happened where the puck was on my stick. There was a guy like cross crease, like tapping. As soon as I was going to pass it there, my arm just stopped. Like I couldn't pass it. And then I turn around and he's standing there with a shit eating grin on his face. And I'm like, that was you, wasn't it? Oh, was was me. I'm like, dude, you were the only one around me. I knew it was you. The ref, the ref didn't see it either. I can't believe it. <laughs> I thought I thought five said no back checking. No, it, it was just a play. It just happened. I had the puck and Todd was standing next to me and I went to pass it and my arm just stopped. I, I couldn't do anything else. The puck well, slid away. Huh? Couldn't give him a tap in. No, I was like, oh. I'd be hearing, I'd be hearing it at the bench, you know. Oh Tapping, yeah, you on your, on your, on your watch. Too, right? Yeah, this guy lights us up between him and Vive was like seven goals on us, like it was fucking ridiculous. What Dash? Were you, 
Oh, I was dash three early, and every time this guy scores, he's fucking winking at me and stuff. I'm like, you're stuck. Like, thanks, Todd. After every goal, thanks, Todd. Dash two. Thanks, Todd. Actually, that was a pretty good game. That was a pretty good game. Yeah, that was fun. And we played a couple weeks later in Milton, a week and 10 days ago now. And it was against a bunch of the, uh, there was about a dozen guys that played senior together on a team. So they were a pretty good outfit, too. We had to. We had to get our act together to win. <laughs> to get a sweat going? We're not getting any younger. You know, these guys aren't getting any younger. Right? Yeah, but I heard you were the fastest guy out there. Oh, my God. It was- <laughs> no, you know who's you know who's still really fast is Dave McElwain. Mm-hmm. And Max, you know, Mac was never a big guy, but he still works out and he's fit. He's, he's well, he's 50. Gosh, how old is Mac now? He's born at 67. So that would make him what? 55? 55, 56. He's probably 180 pounds still. Like, that's probably what he played at. He can still – I played with him in Germany. He was 42 still. Wow. When we were still playing, right? Mm-hmm. And he, I can remember we played a game in the playoffs that went into the seventh overtime. It's Ooh. like the – I think it's the third longest now game ever played. So there was a game in Norway a few years ago that went about four minutes longer or something. There's a game from the 30s. There's – there, there was a game from Norway, and then there was our game. You can look it up. It was Cologne. We were playing in Cologne, and we were playing against Mannheim. And we were, we had the stats at the end of the night, and Mac had played 66 minutes. That's fucked. <laughs> right? That's, we had a defenseman that wow. played like 80, like 87 minutes that night. Holy like shit. We were, we, were, we were like six minutes from playing three games in a row, basically. That's we're in the seventh overtime. How long did the game take? Do you remember? Ah, so we were, it started at five and it was over just after midnight. That's nuts. Holy balls. So yeah, what smokes. You, what you an doing? hour and a half of ice time. Yeah. So what D-man. are you doing in, in the room after every overtime? Like you guys like fruit, water, like yeah. what are you guys doing just so you don't like we, or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> so we were, at, we were at home. We're at home. Like, thank God in the end. Um. So we had, you know, we had power bars and these gel packs and you know bananas and fruit little stuff and actually our trainers went up and raided like chocolate bars and everything everything they could get from the concourse as well so we get into like yeah so we're we're six minutes from playing three complete games okay so there so a forward that plays you know 60 minutes is playing you know 22 a time kind of thing so but i just remember mac was like double shifting in the second, third, and fourth overtimes. You know, it was crazy at 40 years old. But we were home and we had all that. We So we went all through that, whatever, you know, we had in storage at the rink in the middle of the overtimes. But the other team, Mannheim, they only had what they brought, right? So what I remember maybe most about that is we finally win the game. And um, a guy named Camille uh, Pirua, I don't know if you guys remember the can and Camille Pierre was a Slovak guy that played uh, a little bit in Atlanta, but uh, mostly in Chicago in the IHL. He scored. And um, of course we didn't even hardly celebrate. We were so tired, but when we were leaving, I just remember like, as we're walking down, down the runway after the game, they had three guys in the ambulance on IVs. So, because they had no, they had no, only what they brought. So they, you know, brought just, you know, the trainer would pack up, you know, a bucket full of whatever food and gel packs and who knows. 
and that's it, right? So they were trying to, who knows what they had. So they had guys that were seasoned up bad. And then, um, so thank God we won that game. And that, you know, we play the German league. It's basically a weekend league. Like every other week you'll play a Wednesday game or something. But, and, um, and then we had to play two nights later. And I, and I just remember, cause it was one of the worst games. Everybody was so tired <laughs> and we played like we had, that was game four. So we won game three to take a two, one lead best of five. And that game went to overtime and we won like immediately first couple shifts of overtime to win the series. Wow. And I just remember sitting on the bench, like it's one, one at the end of regulation, there might've been like 25 shots in the whole game. It was terrible. Cause everybody's just <laughs> tired yeah. for two nights before. We only but get everyone just 20. look at the best player and tell them you yeah. better score. Yeah. yeah. 20, so 25 like, muffins were fired during that. Yeah. That, yeah. So we were looking, looking down the bench and all the guys are just rolling their eyes. Like, Holy shit, here we go again. <laughs> and then it was over in, in like 90 seconds. And we won oh. the series. So. You guys are like, thank God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not again. Yeah. You needed the Russian gas. <laughs> yeah. We would have, we would have taken anything. That point. Like, you know, you, you get it like, for a guy like I mean, I don't know how Mac did, did it. Like I was watching some of our guys. Like you get you get into a game like that, it's like you're just surviving, and then you're just waiting for a break, you know, to try to end it, right? Like you're really just, you know, you're just, you know, trying to manage your your body and your fatigue, and you're you're just constantly, you know, which is not what you do anyway as an athlete, but you're just constantly deciding how you feel like and so like there was a period of time where I was cramping up and then I had the trainer uh had like these potassium I don't know potassium tablets and then that was in the middle of that overtime stretch and then I felt better later which is strange but anyway yeah I mean it's it's crazy like I my, my wife tells it it's funny because it, it started at five and and we had kids that were like three and five at the time oh, my shit. oldest two and they were both asleep, like by the end of regulation, they missed a whole two more, two more games. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're asleep by eight o'clock and there was like another four hours of hockey going on. That's crazy. Are those potassium pills, are those like salt pills? Is, is that what that is? I don't know what I had, to be honest. Um, and it wasn't something I took regularly. What is it? I don't fucking care. Just give it to me. I hope it helps. Hey, at that point, you're just trying to you're just trying to go drug right. testing after this yeah. game. No, no, no Germany is <laughs> Germany is crazy. So he was passing. They were we had like I don't even know how many we had boxes of bananas. And, but I felt bad for them because we knew I knew some of the guys too on their team, like uh, guys like Dan McGillis and Hmm. Rene Corbet, Jeff yep. Shantz, you would know those names. Um, and they were, they had nothing. They only had what they brought. So yeah. for them to survive that long, and you know, anyway, but we did win the game. And ultimately that was the difference in the series. You go to, through a, a game like that in the middle of a series that hmm. kind of swings it in your favor pretty quick, right? Yeah. Now I'm curious, uh, when you're playing over there in the DEL, um, it's primarily a German league, right? All the teams. Uh, yeah. Curious, in the locker room, does everyone who it's because it's a mix of a lot of different cultures, right? A lot of guys from different countries. Do you guys speak your own languages, kind of in your own little cliques in the room, or does everyone kind of have? Do you guys know somewhat all English? The Germans all speak English. The Scandinavians all speak English. You'll run into it with like Eastern Bloc, like Czech, Slovaks, um, and Russians, um, but mostly. 
yeah, you know, everything I, I mean, I only played on two in two um, cities, but I played for three or four different coaches. So, I, I mean, it was everything hockey wise was generally in English. Like when I played in Finland, I had a Finnish coach and I had one of the assistants who would sort of translate, which was funny in itself because he was a, the, the, the Finnish coach was like this big sort of Pat Quinn kind of character in his fifties. Oh. He was a legendary coach and he was, you could tell he, whatever the, this coach was saying sounded gruff and, you know, uh, you know, maybe not real pleasant. And this other coach was like a five, 950 pound guy and he'd be translating. So it was just like, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't line up at all. Right? <laughs> That's funny. But keep up the uh, good no, work. Everything, everything in Germany surprisingly was, you know, it's a soccer country, but there's a pretty big hockey culture there now. And when I mean, you see how much better they're getting, mm-hmm. but um, everything, you know, I played for, three Canadian guys out of the five, I guess I played, I played hockey four in Germany, but everything was mostly in English, you know, and, and, um, you know, it's a small world, the hockey, you know, and, and the language is similar wherever you are in terms of the terminology and things you use in hockey. Right. So it was, it was pretty straightforward. Yeah. Awesome. Now, so, so when you, when you played over there, like we have a buddy that has been on the podcast, uh, Matt Pumple, he's playing yeah. in Germany and he said, it is the funnest time that you can play hockey. Like he said, the arena's packed. They're getting it out. They're getting after the beers like two hours before the games. And he's like, and it's just banging drums and hooting and hollering, singing songs. And he's like, I've never seen anything like it. Was it, was it that way when you played over there too? Yeah. It's hard for like, when you watch soccer, it's a, it's a bit like, depending on where. You, so I know Maddie, you see, was Maddie in Dusseldorf? Where was Maddie playing again? I just talked to him last summer. He's playing with the Panthers right now. Aug- Augsburg. Oh, Augsburg. Oh, sorry, Augsburg. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So he's down. Yeah, and they got a new rink there too because that used to be mm-hmm. partly. Uh, <laughs> is that right? Partly outside Augsburg used to be. But he was telling me uh, I saw him in the in the summer before he left. He was saying they got a new new facility. Yeah. Anyway, it really yeah. There's a whole like. Um, it's it's a soccer country right so you got to remember like every and you know everybody has you know sparklers and flags and there's songs and there's chants and there's things that go and there's like a whole tailgate too beforehand like like a football atmosphere here but yeah once the game starts the chants the songs um the way you interact with the fans like we used to skate around at the end of the game and i have a video of my my daughter so when you win at home and keep in mind, we're playing in Cologne, which is one of the bigger venues in, in the world. It's like 18,000 seats, 17, nine. And my daughter, who was like five, we have a video of it. And she would like, with all the other kids would kind of walk in from the blue line towards the one end zone. where all like the home fans. Stand. So you can imagine like, you know, 4,000, 5,000 fans just in this one end of the arena and they're they're all like with the kids of the players on the team so there'd be three or four of them maybe on the ice at any given time at the end of the game celebrating and they'd all kind of skate at the at, at the towards the fans and then they go three times in a row woo woo and the kids just loved it it was like they had this, so all these people at their you know back to call it's so awesome and so we have video of it and my, and my daughter used to just love it right she couldn't wait to go on there she didn't care about the game 
we should, uh, as long as we win and she gets to do the fan thing it's like all those people are there before her yeah it's hard for people to know like even in some of the small places like a place like augsburg had great fans like it was out partially outside and people would be all bundled up and sometimes you know they um yeah like loud and and um yeah they, everybody has their own every town has their own beer and every town has their own song or theme or anthem that they would yeah. sing and it was like uh yeah, I didn't know that. Like I played on the national team and we traveled around Europe and we played in Italy and, and Austria and obviously in Lillehammer, Norway in the end. So we, we did a pretty big tour of Europe while we were over there for a couple months. But I didn't, yeah, you don't get the same same sense until you play in these towns and it's your town against theirs and they have these, right. you know, the derby games like the English Premiership and all that and, and relegation and all that. So there's a, there's a fair bit at play and and so I learned, yeah, it was, it was cool. And Germany, like, to be fair, you know, Germany's probably most like playing at home. I mean, the ice surfaces are all big, but they're, they're all nice. They're, you know, you can't play in the DL now and, and you know, nine out of 10 of the teams are in a 12,000 seat arena. Like it's a pretty cool setup and yeah, like it's just, yeah. I mean, the culture, like all the things that happen, uh, I, we like Germany the best probably for selfish reasons because there were so so many more Canadians in the league that we knew and it was sort of like like playing at home but but Finland was awesome it's a it's a huge you know hockey country it's it, it feels a lot like Canada it's like living in Winnipeg where when you're living in Finland you know like so it was it was a neat place to play and but um yeah it's hard for people to really wrap their head around that that hockey would be that big in Germany but it really is now and and if you watch it's sort of like watching the world cup on a smaller scale in an indoor venue. It really is like that. Mm-hmm. Well, well, is there any, uh, what would you say? Largest differences, um, largest differences as it relates to on ice situations between, uh, we know that North America to Europe, it's different hockey, right? When it comes to within Europe, what's the difference between uh, like the Liga versus DEL? Okay. Yeah. So that's a good one. I mean, I I haven't watched that closely in the last little while, but I would say like the first thing, you know, you notice about Finland is that there's only, I would say in their league now, I would say half of the arenas, half of the arenas in the, in the Finnish league are big. The rest are like playing here. Right. And there was a couple that were small, like you're playing like, legit pro men's hockey in a, in a smaller than the North American size rink. So it's a, it's as much like you've played at home as any of the leagues I played in at that time. Now, Sweden, they're all big for the most part. Swedes um, can all skate, you know, they're all skilled, but they all defend. So Mm. I, I mean, I never played in the, in the Swedish league, but, the Finnish league is a little more straight line, North America kind of aggressive. There's fighting. Like it's just like playing at home, really. Um, Swedish league is probably faster and more defensive, harder to score in. Hmm. Right. German league. Um, you know, I'd say it's a, it, it looks like a dressed up version of the American league because, you know, they're all nice venues. There's lots of Canadian mm-hmm. names most of the coaches are from North America. Um, so while it's a lot of guys 
from North America that have played a North American style, I still think it's a bit more uh, wide open because the ice is big, ice is big and maybe not the pace, um, not as physical as Finland, not the pace of Sweden and not nearly as strong defensively. That makes okay. any sense. <laughs> so it's so, so more wide open. Well, it's just, yeah, the guys aren't as conscientious as the Swedes about, uh, yeah, protecting their goal, I would say. Yeah. Is what I've but the Russian teams that we played, we played a few of them in like preseason events. You know, I would say the top half of the Russian league is probably the best teams in Europe, and then there'd be a few of the Swedish teams or a few of the Finnish teams that could probably compete in that league, but it'd be tough. Mm -hmm. The top few, and then you know, as good as we were in the one year we made the finals in Cologne, I would say you pop us down in the middle of the Finnish league, we're probably fifth, fourth. And same in Sweden. Okay. Like there's always a few teams in those leagues that are pretty good, right? Okay. Yeah. So that's a level. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. I, I just think it's really cool how that, that you, you almost like every game that you play is a playoff game because, like, it, Pump, when we were talking to Pumple about being there, like, it's uh, like you got to play to stay in, right? Like, you have yeah. to win to stay in or you get relegated down to the, next uh division yeah well i'm not sure how that works now but like i know for like for example if you were an elite team in the in second league you have to apply and you have to i, I think there's rules about how much you know financially you need to have up front oh, in order to even yeah. even make a go of it but in the in the sweet like in the swedish league and all those leagues there's a lot of second league teams and a lot of teams in general that have money and are, are I've always wanted to be in the top league. So yeah, there is a whole, you know, the last sort of six weeks of the season takes on sometimes a mind of just trying to survive and there's pressure from, you know, ownership. And I'm sure Matt would tell you like there place like Augsburg for a long time was always that bottom third team, you know? And so they'd always be having to survive. And if there was somebody from the lower league that was, you know, wanting to make a goal of it and, and get, into the top league than that it didn't happen every year in germany but i know in sweden and switzerland and places it does and so it just uh depends on the year and depends on the financial sort of status of not just the teams in the elite leagues but also the ones underneath they're trying to get in right so, mm -hmm. so that's how it happens yeah <laughs> the, the thing i follow i follow them uh the panthers on uh facebook and matt matt's sitting there getting his picture taken with a couple of the fans and but they have like plungers on their heads, like for, for pumple. Yeah, and it, it's like, like they just they just for, don't, for it, pumple, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it was so funny. It was, it was so funny because they just don't get like was, was what that pumple, what pumps means it here to what yeah. it is there. Right? Was that when he was in Malmo or was that when he was playing for Augsburg? I think it was Augsburg. I thought that was Malmo. Is he Pantera? Malmo, Sweden, I thought is where. Oh, did he play there too? Yeah, he yeah, played there before he went to Augsburg. Okay. This okay. is his second year in in Germany, but yeah. I think I'm pretty sure the picture was done last year. Was it? And okay. then the year before yeah. that, he was with GR, right? Uh, he, so he went, yes, he went from Grand Rapids, and then he went to Sweden, and then now he's in Augsburg. Augsburg. Okay. Mm -hmm. But he uh, loves okay. it. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Enough about Pumple. Wow. Hockey's so different over there. It's nuts. Well, it's a lot closer than it used to. Like, you know, I mean, the style, 
you know, you could make a case that some of the leagues over there are just as physical or, or rougher. Maybe there's not the fighting so much, but right. on the puck and yeah. away from the puck, it's it's a lot closer than it was. Mm. Like, I mean, if you went over there in the 90s, I mean, it was nothing like what you saw on TV here at home, right? It was wide mm-hmm. open. And you go to the Swiss League in the 90s, it was run and gun. It looked like three on three in overtime in, in this league, in the NHL now, that like that was five on five hockey. Nobody defended. It was how fast could you go? How how quick could you get up the ice? And mm-hmm. So, you know, there's some you, you guys know lots of good skill over there, but yeah, I think they they just when we forever allowed obstruction and you know all the all the dirty play and stick work, they didn't. And now I'd say it's pretty similar. Really, it's not. A, it wouldn't be a stretch for players to go over and play in Sweden and come back and and and. Before, what, like, what know, do you think years ago when you went to when you went to Europe years ago it was sort of like you wrote your ticket out of the NHL it was like oh he, he couldn't cut it he left well that's not the case now like there's lots of good players and if you can skate and play you can play here just as much there so that's really that's what hockey is so. now what I don't what I've always actually wondered about guys from here to overseas is it is it kind of the same like like money wise for guys or is it a little less or like how is it like i'm not asking numbers but i mean is it like a little less for guys to play there rather than over here even if they're in like freaking ahl or whatever well i don't even to be fair i don't i haven't been around and i don't know what guys make to be honest i know that you know the russian league depending you know yeah you know (laughs) depending on like you know if, if it's guaranteed you can get a chunk of it up front you can make really good money. You have ownership that, you know, who knows where you're getting your money from. And it's a little underhanded and sketchy in places. And, you know, like uh, I've heard some horror stories about guys not getting paid and not, and not feeling, you know, safe and everything else. But, you know, you can go to Sweden and you can, and you can, if you're playing in one of the bigger outfits that makes good money there, the players can make two fifty or $300,000, but and then Switzerland would be also like the lead players in the Swiss league, both Swiss mm-hmm. and, and imports can make, you know, half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. But in Germany, in Finland, uh, you know, most of the other places, you know, a couple hundred, 250, you know, you, you're making 150 or 180,000 euros. That would be sort of max. I would think, yeah, I'm not sure right now, but in my time for sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's good, it's good money, but it's not on par with what you would make obviously as an NHL player. Now, now at that, when I was playing, there was a whole bunch of guys that were in Europe who were drafted or who'd been to an NHL training camp or some guys that were, you know, my age, they're in their thirties and had a two way deal back home, but chose Mannheim or chose, you know, Jurgarden or chose another place in Switzerland, whatever because it was guaranteed money and you didn't have to worry about being in the minors. So there was a whole bunch of German kids I played with in my time that probably could have gone over and at the very least been good American league players, but they don't know if they're going to get their shot to make the big dough and they'll take the 150 guaranteed for a decade in the German league. You know what I mean? So right. it's, that's the thing. Make 70 in Rochester or make 150 in the German league. 
that's that's the thing. I, that's yeah. their call, right? There's a fair number of guys that probably could have and should have tried it and didn't. Yeah. So, or come yeah. back home and do drywall or sell cars, right? <laughs> and yeah, right? and play it. Play hockey. <laughs> yeah, like that's crazy, dude. Yeah, like what you said earlier that the leagues are more similar. It's it's so true because even more so about that defensive structure being tighter in Sweden. You see players over there have lower numbers, and then in their rookie year they pop off, right? In yeah. the NHL. Yeah, I, I mean it's Swedish that in, inverse okay. for goaltenders. Yeah, it's it's noticeable in the Swedish league. They they just they all skate. They're all conscientious. They're all, you know, they, they don't, uh, they don't get beat one-on-one. You know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a difficult league to score and, and, you know, special teams are important. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's small differences and you really don't get to see it. There is this champions league now that I only was just starting when I left where, you know, you know top teams from each of the year, mm-hmm. uh, leagues play off throughout the year, but that's the only time you can really, you can really compare other outside of like a preseason tournament or yeah. something in august but um there is subtle differences it's just culturally too it's just the way they they teach it you know so that's that's why they play that way so yeah that's fun to watch it's fun to watch hockey like i watch uh some khl games and some like swiss games as well sc burn i've like they had a game uh last year i want to say it was boston played sc burn in a uh, exhibition match, which was fun to watch, or was it Nashville? Nashville, because it was Yossi playing his old team. Yeah, and did you just yeah. see the crowd there? So oh, that's crazy. a special place. That's a special place because, like, like, well, say in, I was talking about my daughter in Cologne when they mm-hmm. stuck, they walk in towards the net from the blue line. In Bern, there's sixteen thousand fans, and literally ten of them are on the one side. So when you come out, like, you come out of the dressing room and you skate out to the ice for warm up. The whole thing, it's like a big, you know, section. It's all their fans and it's like standing room only, right? So imagine like, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, but I think it's like eight or 9,000 just there on the one side. Wow. So when you salute the crowd there, it's a little different. You would skate down the whole length of the ice and players will like kind of like go, go like this and the crowd will stand up as they go along from blue line to blue line kind of thing, right? So that's that many fans just on one section. It's really cool there. It's crazy. A great place to play. That is that is nuts. But the one thing I I was thinking about, like a, a lot of like when guys goes over, guys go overseas, it seems like the tough guys get as get paid just as much. Like in Russia, say the tough guys <laughs> get paid just as much as the skilled players, sometimes more. Like Nasty well, Rasty was on here telling us about <laughs> oh, yeah. how much money he was just making hand over fist, you know, suitcase bags. It didn't matter. He was getting them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I know that there was the, you know, a couple of the teams that were, you know, I, I didn't play in the league, but I, I heard like the KGB guys and the, and the couple of the teams. And the then Russian there's rival, you no, know, there's rival businessmen that, I mean, Morassi tell you better than me. I know he played a bunch of places. And then when you're playing against the other, you know, rival businessmen or team, whatever, and then you load up with all these guys. And then, you know, the stories of, you know, you, we win this game tonight and, you know, here's another million dollars on the table that divided yeah. up. Like that's, that's stuff like that's the wild west a little bit, right? Like, Oh my God. And, but yeah. I've heard those stories too. And, and well, I remember Chris Simon and, and like, I'm sure, uh, 
Johnny Marassi would would tell you, like he there was a lot of guys, and they were only on like three different teams, right? Yeah, yeah. Bratton was there. Yeah. yeah, and it's just a matter of like who the owners were and who were the rival like you know teams they were up against. And so that was, yeah, it was the it's the Wild West there. That was 10, 15 years ago, I think, but it was a million a, it was, bucks on the board. Everybody gets yeah. a bottle of vodka and a wolf. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets wolf. Well, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. I, don't know. I thought I'd throw that in. Oh man! And a reindeer. And a reindeer. Yeah, yeah and a reindeer. reindeer. Vodka is very important, though. Oh, that is funny. Um. Also, too, I noticed too. I watched a little video that you did when you played at Comerica Park. I didn't realize that they had you no. mic'd up for that game and you scored oh, in that game too. I was there. Yeah. So I was with uh, Kojiko, the cable network in Windsor when I was doing the spits mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, that was pretty neat. I, I got it. We didn't really know, you know, there was two different teams. There yeah. was the main game and then there was like the B game that I was playing in, but it was pretty neat. And then it was like minus it was cold as shit that day. It was cold, but they had heated benches, and it was fine. It wasn't bad at all. It would be cooler Probably. for you, definitely, in the stands. <laughs> and then, yeah, um, that's right, because the guy I scored on was Kevin Hodgson. You guys know yeah. him? Yeah. Oh, my God. One of the funniest guys you ever played with. He uh, So he was our goalie in Tampa years ago, and he and I actually played together in Finland for about three weeks. So that long, the same Russian kind of stories that you guys have all heard. Mm-hmm. But he went to Russia. And I don't remember what place. You guys can probably look it up. I think he only played a couple of games. And he got hit in the head. So what had happened was he went for training camp. They paid him like six figures to come. And then it was like, you know, he stays. It was sort of like month to month. He was... So anyway, he tells the story and you got to hear him tell it because he's one of the funniest bastards. So he said, the coach, um, he got hit in the head in the game. <clears throat> and the trainer came in the next day and said, no, um, he was wiping, he was wiping the, the, the helmet, the, the puck mark off the helmet. And Hodge's like, hey, what, what are you doing? He's like, oh, um, you have, you think uh, concussion? You have concussion? You know, he's wiping the puck off. He's like, it's all staged. So, so the owner has said to the coach, said to the trainer, and he's like, no, no, I'm fine. Just glanced off my head. He's like, mm, come, come with me. We go see the, we go see the trainer. You know, we'll go see the therapist. <laughs> so the therapist, like, you know, is you shine a light in his eye. You know, he's like, you know, are you okay? You know, follow my finger, all this stuff. And he's like, hey, I'm fine. So then it, it comes to like, you know, the coach is like, no, no, you, you have to go upstairs and see, see the boss. You know, he's like, okay. So he goes, he goes to see the boss, and he said it was like, you know, it was like Tarantino made. They, they had the, the rope on the, on the light bulb. You know, and he's like he's in he's in the room. You know, and the guy the guy, the guy goes uh, the guy goes. Uh, you got you have concussion. You know, in Russia, you have concussion. You must you must go home now. And Hodge's like, no, wow. And he's like, no, you have concussion. You have concussion. <laughs> right? Wow. So then he, he like reaches into the safe and gives him like a pile of cash and says, "Here's a plane ticket." You know, <laughs> they they got rid of him. They kicked him out. You go home now. So You're this fired. is like yeah, you you go home now. You go home. So this is like. That's in August, September, and now I'm in October. I'm going to Finland to play, and he's coming. And I was so mm-hmm. pumped to hear that he was going to be coming to play in Jokerit in Helsinki. So he um, he and I played in Tampa together for parts of two years. Anyway, so he 
yeah, that's his story from from uh, from Russia. He was uh, yeah, those stories happen all the time. Like you know what I mean? Like the, the stories of he so got he, he got a glancing shot, and then he he got basically got sent home. Wow. Well, they just fired you whenever they wanted to, right? There, they just you're just done. And what are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do, right? Like, look, right. you know. So I, to be honest, like the, that same year, I had an offer to go play Moscow Dynamo, and so my own. So the only reason I didn't go, it was good money, three times as much as I ended up making in Finland, and that was when Ovechkin was there as a kid. He was still a teenager. I mean, I didn't know, but my experience was like I'd been with the national team to what was called the Izvestia tournament back in the day. It was like one of these Russian tournaments over Christmas. And it was like, we had like sleepers because of the bugs in the bed. And it was like, we heard somebody get shot in downtown Moscow. It was like, we didn't leave after nine o'clock. You know, like you, you go up to your room and you hand your key in at the desk at each of the floors and there'd be like hookers. It was, <laughs> sketchy. <laughs> it was sketchy. Oh yeah. So we were all, you know, when we, so my only recollection of Russia was that, and I got a daughter and yeah. I'm married now. And I'm like, I'm not going there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. But some of the guys I know that went to like places like St. Petersburg, like uh, Travis Scott, the goalie played in Mag- Magnitogorsk when Dave King was coaching. And there were some good spots along the way and good money made, but there's also some shady stuff that went down and, I would, I'm glad I'm, you know we liked Helsinki, Helsinki a lot the money would have been nice to be fair but I mean we wouldn't change it for anything now like Helsinki was a great place to live and and we you know we loved I, it there so I, I think Jokerit recently moved to the KHL now they're back yeah that's right because they, of the they, uh stuff that's going on so yeah they, they'd seen enough yep mm-hmm. that's crazy so Todd, we, we've, we've kept you for a, a, about an hour now and, and I really hope you come back because like I had, I had a couple of pages of stuff to ask you about guys <laughs> you played with and I didn't even get to them, but uh, yeah, well, anytime boys, we can do it again. No problem. Awesome. Uh, Cause I know you got a house full. So um, I just, I just wanted to ask you like, so when did you become a cake eater when you uh, joined the NHL and, and like, got rid of the booze and, and went after the wine or were you a beer guy or a wine guy? <laughs> I've never it, it been a wine like guy. all these NHLers now are all bougie and, and drinking their wines and eating bonbons and shit. Like Kinky's out crushing cake. Yo, buddy, when I was, when I started, I told this, when I started, we, you know, when I was 20, 21 in the league, like I played on a team that average age was like 31. And it like twice a week, it was from practice to lunch and lunch turned into dinner around a pool table. And that's what we did boys. I'm not going to lie to you. It was, it was crazy. I would get home at seven o'clock gas twice a week. (laughs) Okay. And then I learned, I had to, you know, it's like at some point you go, wow, how do these guys keep this up? It's like, it's like, it's like uh, these some of these old guys have been weaned on it for so long. That old man strength, right? Yeah. I, I, so yeah, no. There was a period of time, oh, probably in the middle there, where when we went to dinners on the road, we would always have wine. But I, I've never been like I'll have a glass with my wife on the weekend, but that's it. I'm not. A, I'm not going to look for wine. Um, I still like my beer. I do. Yeah, I was listening to Cam Jansen, and Jansen was just like, "Oh yeah, I just, I'm just all about the wine now." 
Cam Jansen? Wow. Yeah. He doesn't strike me as the type. He doesn't strike me as <laughs> Oh, the type. shit. He's I, a I cake eater. <laughs> He's a fucking cake eater now. Well, you never know. You never know. Right? I was like, what is going on with that? But, yeah, Tris, go ahead, bro. You got yeah, I, I wanted to ask in a – Here's here's gonna be my last question. Uh, so way back in the beginning of your career, your win the Windsor Spitfires. What high school were you going to when you're playing for the Spits? I went to Herman High School. Okay. Do you know Tady McGuire? Tady McGuire. Yes. That maybe. I, I think you. Oh. She went to oh, Herman I, as well. But I lost. Uh, like he knew Corey. He knew Corey. Uh, like a lot of the guys, Jankowski. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So yeah. this girl's, this girl's name is Tate. What is her no, name? No, it's a guy. Yeah. That's my uncle, <laughs> Tate. His name That's is what one, is Todd. His name? Yeah, his name's Tate. Yeah. Tate McGuire. He's uh, he's a Maidstone, Maidstone, Maidstone boy. Yeah, he, and he went to Herman. Yep, he'd be the same age as you. Oh my God, buddy! I I probably do. Like I, so I went. Oh, I went for two full years. Um, it was. It was an eye opener for me because I'm from this little sheltered town and we had this principal who was like, you know, old school regimented military kind of type. Awesome. But, um, and then I went to Herman. I can remember, it's a, first of all, there's like 3,000 students, right? And yeah. it was just like, well, I've come from a, a high school where there was like 600, you know? <laughs> so it was like, you knew everybody every day in the hallway, you know what I mean? Like, it was like going to, going to uh, you know, public school. And it was, but we had our team, like, and I stayed with the Bugner family. We talked about this before. So Bob uh, Bugner's family, his brother Doug was on student council. I don't know if your friend knows uh, knows Doug, but mm-hmm. uh, so Doug, I had an in. Like, I, I walked into the school. Not only did I have the other Spitfire guys there, but I also had Doug Bugner, yeah, Bob's younger brother, who was like on student council and he knew all the cool people. So I had an in right away. Like, right? so I had it really easy, but. That's yeah, awesome. it was a tough school. Tough school. A lot of a lot of guys. Um, a lot of good football, good basketball program. I remember watching uh, Country Day play them. That so oh, this yeah. is another story. Country Day with Chris Weber. Yep. Came and played Herman, who'd won the been to Offset for basketball, and and they beat him like ninety three to forty or something right on Herman's court. Like it was crazy. Mm-hmm. We watched that, but it was. Hey, listen, I I had a good experience. Like. You know, the hockey mattered, but the people around the school were really good to us there. Like, and it was, you know, an inner city school. It was a tough school. It was an eye opener for some of us little, like, uh, as you said, munja cake, uh, you know, white boys from all over, from Sudbury. You know what I mean? Bunch of cake. But it was, it was, <laughs> but, it, but it was good for me too, because I was from, I was from a little town and I never really experienced, uh, experienced that. So. That's yeah, awesome. we got to know a lot of the guys that we would, you know, we'd hang out with the basketball and football guys in the cap. There were some good guys in my class. They helped me when I, cause I, you know, I was a decent student. But we were away all, a lot. Like we didn't, you know, and so the people, I think of Mr. Jacobson and some of the teachers I had who they looked out for us a little bit too, you know, when they didn't have to, right. Mm-hmm. And when you're missing 20, 30 days of school every year, you know, things start to pile up. They can, they can not help. Days. Yeah. That was well. I mean, no. we missed. I, I think it was like, and Windsor Peter's was one Pat. of the better places. You know, like we used to go, <laughs> we used to go, we used to go north and play four and four and stuff, right? Like, yeah. So I mean, it was well, twelve or fifteen days every semester. Yeah. Well, the reason some of those some of those were because of the schedule. Some of those weren't. But yeah, some of those were because of this schedule. Yeah. 
the the reason Tristan was asking you is because he lent you five bucks and you owe him on the bid. Oh, <laughs> and then, yeah, interest is is accumulating. Okay, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, that's my actually my uncle, and he uh, he went to okay. that school, so um, I he was just telling me about all these hockey players who went to Herman, and I guess I never realized there was it was kind of like a program they had, eh? The Spitz agreed to have their yeah. place go to the school and then they could travel and i think it was it, that was the public school and then they went to assumption uh one of the catholic schools so it was split between the two of them so there was two basically two schools where the spitfires went i want to say it was maybe massey yeah i don't there was only a few guys that went i, try, I should know that too it might have been massey but i know later they did go to assumption yeah mm-hmm. but um yeah, no, it was it was a good place to go. I mean, we it was you know mostly about the hockey, but you know the people there were really good to us. They did look after us because it was you know you do miss a fair bit of time and yeah. So anything else, boys? Are you guys? Yeah, sad? I got I got one more. Uh, so uh, Todd, have you been down to see uh, uh, Pales? Like uh, he's running a pretty good wagon here. Like wagon. oh, I know. I call yeah, him uh, Mike Mike Lamarillo. <laughs> I did. I saw him. Um, I saw him the last uh, two times ago. So probably about a month ago when we when the Blades were in Essex, we, we chatted. Yeah, I hadn't seen him. Um, I mean, you guys know it's the it's sort of the you know they're they're the team to beat in the league. Absolutely. It doesn't shock me in, that he number one in Ontario. I think have they only lost twice. Twice, yeah. yeah. Once, yeah, once in overtime. overtime. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah so you know it's like even back when i played you know when i played and, and i mean if it's not if it's not essex it's lakeshore and mm-hmm. I, I don't even know the numbers i would guess in the last 20 years there's only been a few other teams that hasn't that wasn't one of those two that's actually come out of the league so i mean they they do a great job pales is a good choice because he's you know you know he's like he's real thorough and he's good good person you know you know he would relate well to the players and the staff and yeah, he'll 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 crush it, no doubt about it. So, but the team, you know, they the reputation, you know, precedes them. They have a great winning program, and they attract great players. They attract players that, you know, half of their roster probably has played past this level at some point. Yes. And so yes. it's you know it's sort of like we and we have a few guys like that now with the Blades here in town too. So that's really you know as much as you know you like kids to kind of advance and keep moving up and if you can get kids that move to the area for school or whatever, and, and financially you can look after them a little bit, then, mm-hmm. you know, you're putting together a pretty good outfit if you're getting tier two and junior B guys all the time. So that's, yeah, that's been the, that's been the blueprint. So they, they've had a nice run and we had a stretch gosh, when I was coaching 10, 12 years ago, where we had a, we had a half a dozen Windsor kids coming every year for about a three year period there, but that was rare, you know, like, you know, to have that many kids come from Windsor, they usually, they don't want to geographically, we're in a tough spot to attract, you know, mm. players from Windsor or Sarnia. And then anybody that moves for school, it's tricky and you got to give them gas and it's, you know, we don't have the financial backing uh, that some of the programs do. So no, Pills is awesome. I, I enjoy working with him. I mean, I'm not surprised he's done a, done a good job. He, and uh you know, the people and the team. And I know some of the players on the team too, they really, they really like the way it's going. So yeah, our bottom boys are, 
they got some ground to make up to beat that team. We know that. So we'll see. Have you guys tried selling beer in your arena? <laughs> beer connoisseur. <laughs> I lobbied Brassett. for that so hard to get beer sold in that arena. So, and now they're doing it. <laughs> well, I don't know how they did it. Cause they'd have to pay. Like we were told because there's a big upstairs here too. Like we were, they used to do it years ago. There was a whole blue line club. Every, everybody had one. Huh? And it was insurance and it was like, you had to have security and there was a whole expense. Well, you guys are just... getting all fucking tuned up there. That's why you just got to go in there <laughs> well, and have a couple times. <laughs> Tipping over cows after games. And- <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't me. I just was trying to, I was just asking. <laughs> they said, you know, your liquor license and then the security you had to hire and insurance. It was just a headache. They didn't want to deal with it. So it's too bad. Cause that used to be, I can remember being upstairs that, there in, in the water marine as a kid or bell river even yeah and it was mm. just a great you know lots more people you know it was a, yeah. it was a well that's the thing you five five dollar beers and now you can bring your beer back to your seat i know like it's, it's, it's not a room that you got to go into like remember at uh at windsor arena you had to go down yeah. to that room to have your beers yeah. and yeah, you'd end up missing freaking first five minutes of every period i'm sure the rink shrink i'm sure the rink shrinks would have a a bit of advice on what not to do that would probably be one of them right? don't bring your beer but don't bring your beer back to your seat That's well, too many crazy Blenheim, <laughs> yeah Blenheim's gonna be if Blenheim can hang on to this kid he's gonna be quite the star his name's Austin Drew you know him? yeah Drew, yep we do he's a friend of my son's he's an he's an 05 and that kid is good yeah is so my son good. and he my son and he played he he never played triple a really and so, yeah, my son and he are buddies. They did, they played some sports together in high school, but anyway, he, he's a great kid. He's from, he's a really good ball player and basketball. I mean, he, he's good at all. and good at everything. He's a good athlete, but he, we would always say, Hey, come out. Why don't you come out to tryouts? And, and they, he never wanted to come to play triple A. <laughs> and he was always close. I mean, to say like he was one of our better, you know, I'm not sure every year he would have made it to be honest, but he, he just, you watch this kid. He's not big. He's not a great skater, but he just knows where to play. He's just one of these guys that thinks sports. He gets it. Like he can yeah. play basketball. You drop him in the middle of a senior basketball game. He's going to make it. He's going to make plays, mm-hmm. you know, like in volleyball, he can jump through the roof. Like he can run and he's a really good ball player. So he's a great student. He's been to several schools already for next year. He's pushing 95. He's going to have his pick of schools, engineering, it looks like. So he's, so I hope he secretly, a lot of these 05 kids, I want them, like my kid, who's an 05, I want, you know, I want them to stay another year and play sports and they miss so much time. Yeah. You know, it's, it feels like they're just rushing them into school, right? So we'll see. But he's, uh, he's an awesome kid. He works really hard. He's smart and he's a good player. And we just, yeah. you know, we're just starting to see it now because really he played double A his whole life. You know, like, so, so he's another yeah, Keith he, Jones in the making. Yeah, you know he he's he's cry, he's got a great stick. I mean, I, I don't know. I just hope he continues to play. Like, if he's gonna mm-hmm. go to, you know, if he's gonna go to, I don't know, Queens or or you know, Laurier or something, go someplace for for a uh, you know, hard program that he's ready for. It's gonna be tough to play sports. You know, like uh, like on the side, right? So, yeah, he's played. I think he scored in one of his junior B games. He played some in Chatham too, right? So, nice. yeah, awesome kid. Uh, yeah. 
I'm glad you mentioned that. Thanks for, thanks for bringing him up. Yeah, no problem. Like I just was trying to remember, I remember he got off to a really like hot start was like carrying the team, him and Tate bowed and like, yeah, Tate's been with the team a couple of years. Like he's always been good. So yeah, he played, he's, he's good. He's a big, strong kid. He, he's always, he played junior B for a year and a half too. Right. So yeah. Yeah, no, Jersey um, had an awesome start. He got called up last year for two games and scored four times as an 05, as an underage. So he was 14. Well, he was 50, but he, okay, but he, so so he was like, a, he was like a after Christmas or after January or whatever, you're only allowed the one card, but then right, you could the call death. guys up for up to 10 games. Right. My son played some too. And he scored four times in two That's games. Awesome. What's your son's name? Sam. What's your son's Sam. name? Tim? Okay. No, Sam. Sam. Okay, Sam. Sam. All right, Sam Warner. I'm, 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 shocked. I'm shocked you don't know freaking like who he is. You've named that's a first team. That's a first. He's our stack guy. I'm looking this, right this at his name right now. That's why you got hired. You know, the stack guy guy we got your, son, your son is the exact same size as me. I'm looking at his roster sheet right now. Exact same <laughs> size as you? Yeah. Six, six foot two, and one sixty three. He's six two. He's about one seventy. Okay, well the stats are off then. Yeah, well, that was probably but, six months ago. And they got a goalie who's six foot. Six Sorry, foot I lost you. six foot. There's a he's six seven. Their goalie. The Blaze goalie. There's a guy listed on the roster, Daniel What's his Roger. Name? Daniel Roger. Oh, Daniel Rogers is the third goalie. He plays. He plays midget. He is. He's six five or six. Yes, he's a big kid. Yeah. A big kid, large boy. He's like the third goalie, though. But he's okay. He'll play. He'll play at some point. My awesome. God. Anything else, boys? You guys set? Can we cut him free or what? Todd, this has been great. I think Thank you. Really appreciate it, Todd. Yeah. yeah. All right, boys. Um, Fantastic. Welcome anytime. Obviously, so we'll have to uh have you on again. Just don't take as long this time, okay? Last time this this is almost what two years, Rob. We said we still got two sheets, bro. Yeah, Rob still got two sheets of just crazy shit. Yeah, like Todd to, Fedoric and Peter Redman and Paul Korea and Todd Fedoric. Wow. Can you end us on one. a good one? To, a, a good story? Yeah, about, the about fridge? anything. About whatever you want. Yeah, about the fridge for sure. I'm sitting on the bench. It's my first game in Philly. I'm, I'm playing with uh, with Fridge, Todd Fedoric and Marty Murray. Remember a little, remember Marty Murray, mm-hmm. little guy? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the fourth line. That's our fourth line. So we're we're sitting on the bench. And we're, it's about five or six minutes in the game, and I'll, and the whole time I think I all, all I'm hearing is Hitchcock, Ken Hitchcock, our coach, just screaming at everybody. Like, and it, and <laughs> you know, I'd heard he I'd heard he was, you know, an interesting cat to play for, but he's yelling at you know Jeremy Roenick, and he's yelling at Eric Desjardins. He's yelling at he doesn't pick spots. He doesn't pick on fourth line guys. He yells at everybody the whole time. Holy, and it's this kind of, this is the voice. Holy fuck, what the fuck are you doing? Like, is that, that kind of a voice, right? It's just like, you can, you can hardly just like, oh my God, is this, she's still going on. So, and I, so I'm sitting on the bench and I, I finally, I'm like, uh, Fridge, is, is he like this all the time? He's like, he's like, buddy, it'll get way worse. Don't worry. <laughs> and sure enough, like, I never seen anybody like this guy. He would yell at, he would yell the whole time the play is going on. Which is the best part because you know he knows in his mind he's like, well, as long as the play's going on, the camera's not on me, right? True. So, which is funny because as soon as the play stopped, like as soon as the whistle went and guys changed lines or whatever, 
he's up on the he's up on the boards, you know, like <laughs> quiet. I've come up. Like that's never happened. But I'll give him credit. He was a good. He was a great coach when you were trying to go into a series or you're breaking down the, the, the other team and getting ready to like put a plan together to beat the other team. He was awesome, but he was a pain in the ass to play for. And he had this voice that was just like, you know, fingernails on the chalkboard. Oh my God. <laughs> Anybody that's ever played for him, they always do that voice. And it's so funny. It, it, I couldn't believe it. Like I, you know, I've already played in five different places, whatever I played already. I thought I, maybe I'd seen just about everything, but this guy, and he and he would yell at the best players too. He, like it wasn't, he didn't pick a spot. So it was great, but it was some pain in the ass. Love oh it. yeah, <laughs> like an angry Mickey Mouse, eh? Oh my God, he's he is something else. <laughs> something else. Beautiful. All right, Todd. Perfect way to end it, buddy. Thank you again so much, and uh, yeah, hopefully no we can uh, chat again. If you're in this area again, hit us up. We'll have some beers. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm down at spit game. I got to work, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. Anytime. Boys. I, I love to chat. Uh, sorry. Crown Royal room after or what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's it. All right. Down. Yeah. All right, buddy. Take care. Okay, boys. Yep. Good challenge. Nice to meet you. Take care. All right.